sound from her own body. Let me out! Why are you doing this? She shouted, shaking the bars of her cage. Don't show fear. That's what he wants. She heard the lock on the door turn. Tears rolled down her face. Kendra brushed them away and stood as straight as the wounds on her back would allow. I see you're awake. Good. I brought you some food. He opened the cage door and placed a metal pie tin with a slice of bread and half an apple on the floor. Here's some fresh water, too. He slid a half-gallon jug of water beside the food. She cringed, pressing as far away from him as she could get. He put the food inside. Don't fret. I don't have time for you today. I have important things to take care of. Big, important meetings must look the dutiful son. You know how it is. He laughed. Don't go away. I'll be back. He turned to leave. Why? Why are you doing this to me? What have I ever done to you? He turned ice-blue eyes on her, his complexion becoming mottled with red. So American, so many questions. A woman from my country would never dare to question me. I'll have to bring something special to teach you some manners. You should learn your place. He became calmer. But I'm a fair man. To answer your question, you've never done anything to me. How could you? Kendra McGuire, you're nobody. You're nothing. Nothing, do you understand? I do it because I want to. Because I like to. Because I can. He pulled the cage door closed with a bang and locked the chain. She got a quick look outside when he opened the cabin door. She could see nothing but sand and stunted trees. Looks like the desert. Where am I? The cabin door closed behind him. She listened as the deadbolt slid into place. She could hear a car drive away. Kendra tried to get comfortable sitting naked on the rough concrete floor. Her whole body was in pain. He poured salt water on the wounds after the beatings to stop infection. An old trick from the days of slavery, he'd said. The pain was nearly unbearable. I have to keep my strength up as much as I can. She reached for the bread and ate it slowly. The water has to last. No telling when he'll return. I'll save the apple for later. In spite of the cold and her constant pain, Kendra drifted into a dreamlike state, reliving the events of the past week or two. She wasn't sure how long she'd been here, she remembered being dressed up, wearing a black beaded dress that showed off her honey-blonde hair and green eyes. She remembered sliding into a limo. She had a flash of Hugo Decker, not really handsome, but attractive in a rugged way. Hugo said he wanted to get away from the embassy crowd and go somewhere more private. He'd opened champagne and poured a glass for her. That was the last she could recall until waking up, caged like an animal. 
It had taken all kinds of persuasion from her kids to get her to accept this date. Widowed for only three years, she didn't feel ready to go out and about. Her kids, 20-year-old Sheila and 18-year-old Kenny, thought it was high time she started enjoying life. When they found out the son of the ambassador from Olembe, a small principality off the coast of South Africa, had asked her to dinner, they immediately started a campaign for her to go. As personal assistant to Malcolm Fairchild, the head of the Department of Foreign Affairs in Los Angeles, her job included scheduling events to welcome foreign dignitaries. She arranged the events and saw to any special needs, such as extra lodging for the twenty wives of a Saudi prince. She met Hugo Decker and his father, the ambassador from Olembe, when she arranged a welcoming party in their honor. She understood that negotiations were taking place between their...